0: Vomiting. I, I love it. I I I don't know. I could play that over and over and over again. Where are you are you a Doctor Who fan, Reeves?
1: Um I'm a, let me put it this way. I am a uh I'm a Tom Baker fan.
0: Oh, me too, my favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite. And the reason why I'm asking is because uh our, our good friend uh, David Front who's no longer with us sadly but um he did that uh, for us and he sounds so much like Davros almost
1: oh, well that's my era that um yeah. doctor who davros um yeah that's that's what i grew up with so i kind of that's why i think my favorite doctor who's are john pertway mm, and uh, mine and, too. and tom baker they they the they're the two that i that i grew up with so they're kind of imprinted in my brain and all the other doctor who's I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, um, yeah, but I kind of grew out of it when I got older. I kind of watched it as a kid, but mm-hmm. as I got older, um, I know I know some people can be quite fanatical about it. You know, it's Heck like yeah. anything, but um, yeah, I kind of grew out of it. But the earlier Doctor Who's, yeah, they were quite pretty scary stuff. I, I, I just loved it because, uh, you know, you, you mentioned John
0: Burtley and I, I love how they had his, his arc being, you know, stuck on earth. He's trying to get yeah. off and he's trying to everything. And yeah, yeah. some of those stories just ruled. They were awesome.
1: They were, they were great. I mean, um, I think I've had many conversations in the past with um, with Gareth about, uh, you know, TV shows back in the day and mm-hmm. how, how great the stories were. Uh, I think it's a lot to do with... we're we're kind of we're kind of bombarded with media these days and and it's everywhere it's on the internet it's on the tv it's on your phone it's everywhere and 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 the stories and the scripts and everything become very diluted and and very weak and back in the day they had to make a really good story because let's be honest they didn't have very big budgets and they had like crappy sets and stuff so it had to make the story really good didn't they
0: well, you know, exactly. And when you're a kid, though, your imagination, it, it just, yeah. it, it you know, it took over for all the special effects and all that. I, I don't think I ever really cared about the lack of, you know, finesse with the the special effects and the, like the monsters and the, the creatures. And, you know, I, I don't think I'm like, how the hell do those dialects move? Yeah. But, and wait a sec. When they started, how, how are they getting up the stairs? Yeah. What?
1: Well, they got they got jets on them, didn't they? They got jets on yeah. the bit, they? Shoot, I understand. <laughs> yeah, you I know. Never understand um, that. the film. Um, what was it called? Um, it was two films. weren't they made in, I think it was the sixties, wasn't it? With um, uh, with um, Peter uh, Cushion. Peter Cushion. That's it. Yes. He played the Doctor. Uh, really kind of eccentric Doctor. And and mm-hmm. uh, those films actually, those films remind me uh i don't know why but they remind me of the movies um equator mass that's the film's equator mass yeah yeah Uh, yeah i can see that they got that kind of thing about them and uh had that feel yeah that that kind of feel yeah Uh, those are the kind of things i grew up with watching those kind of programs and i remember watching the the, um the uh the the the, you know the the dalek films and, and watching them fly and stuff and i'm thinking oh wow this is amazing this is like you know, this is real sci-fi. This is like long before Star Wars, long before all yeah. that came around, and, and my complete childhood was completely changed. But yeah, it was just weird. I mean, growing up back then and growing up in that era uh, is—it's really hard to convey when you talk to somebody. I had somebody uh, say to me the other day, uh, "Cool, you're really old, aren't you? You—you you grew up in the <laughs> '80s." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm pretty old, and I did grow up in the <laughs> '80s, and it was pretty cool." And it, I think uh, that it was a great, uh, then again, I suppose anyone that grows up in any era, uh, in any decade, is gonna. that's going to be great for them. Because yeah, it's more about era, you yeah. being a young person and growing up and discovering all those things that you thought you couldn't do, you know?
0: Exactly, exactly. But, you know, th- there was so much, so much. Greatness, uh, you know, gro- growing up in as you put it, the '80s, and I mean, yeah, there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of knockbacks, but I, I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, the '80s just it was such a carefree decade, really. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, for 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 people growing up, obviously, uh, in that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, you 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 had your pitfalls, obviously, but. I mean, when when you look at like, again, when you look at stuff that we, you know, TV and and film and, you know, some of the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, whatever, some of the films that came out and literally defined a generation. Oh, yeah. Again, like Star Wars.
1: Oh, loads of great films. I mean, it was the um, it was the the video, the home video revolution as well, which kind of, you know. That kind of imprinted those kind of films that would you would have never seen at the cinema. I mean, I saw yeah. so many films when mm-hmm. i was a, you know I was under eighteen, but I was still watching like horror films and stuff because you had access to the video shop and you had yeah. you had older brothers and and mates that looked eighteen that you can go and hire those films and and to be honest with you, when you look at those films now with everything that's out there and everything's around like now when you look at those films and you go back and think oh because we you'll rewatch something you think oh, it's pretty rubbish it's pretty tame it should be like a pg but <laughs> it, it's kind of it, it's kind of like when you're younger and you don't experience something and then you experience it for the first time i i remember i tell you i one of the films that i watched when i was a kid um mm-hmm. it was at a party and it was like a, a watch party uh, yeah. Not not watches, as in watching something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, we, we, we had You're been a kid going go to a watch party. Evening, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> but, no, so I, um, we were at this, like, because obviously I'm going to start getting telling all stories now, but back that's then... That's fine, that's fine. Okay, well, back then, okay, uh, I don't know about you, and we're all with a kind of, we're in the same age bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. if you had a mate with a video recorder, he was kind yeah. of like up a notch from all your other mates because he had a he had a vcr and it didn't matter whether it was betamax or or vhs or video 2000 it didn't matter because it played tapes and that meant you could hire films so Mm -hmm. we had a couple of mates who um whose parents were quite well off and uh it was like we're going to go around their houses because their mum and dad are going out. They're going to a cocktail party because they were like, you know, what, the mum worked for like, a, a, a you know, on a makeup counter in some big department store and the dad was a banker. So they always went out at weekends and left their kid on their own because he had all the toys. And we went mm-hmm. round there and we went and hired these films. And uh, I remember the joy of being in this massive bungalow uh, with all my mates and we had like free biscuits and crisps and, and you know, panda pops. It was all there. Uh, mm-hmm. And watching these films, and it was like all these films were like you know, just stuff that we would never normally get our hands on. It wasn't like mm-hmm. ultra violence or anything, but it was it it was stuff that you know you should have be a bit older to watch. But it was great. It was just such an experience. And of course, you'd never watch all the film because you no. you'd end up fast forwarding through most of it because <laughs> yeah. it was a video. You could do that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I think that the video revolution. Um, and even the computer revolution it it kind of gave you that kind of scope where you knew that there was there was better things on the horizon and and here we are 40 odd years later and it's you know video games now are just so ultra realistic and Mm, technology itself that you would look back then and think oh that's amazing I remember having a conversation with my mate and Mm. uh, saying one day we're going to have a computer. Oh, this this is in the age of Atari twenty six hundred, and I've still got my Atari. Oh, and uh it's like I remember having a, a conversation with my mate saying, "One day you we're going to have a computer, right? And it's going to be like the size of a book, and we're going to carry it around with us." And he's like, "You're mental." And I'm I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not looking into the future. It's just like yeah. I'm looking at Star Trek and stuff like that, and I, mm. and I'm just thinking, "Well, that's it's going to happen. It's got to happen." And of course, here we are, all these years later, and that's what we got. It's it's, it's amazing.
0: Uh, you know, Rick. Uh, hold on, Rick goes. I remember hiring Motel Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it's funny. I remember that movie. I I remember it well, and it's funny because they they did uh, they just brought that uh, out onto Blu-ray. But you, you know, continuing on with movies uh, from the eighties and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, again, you know, the whole, how you were saying, you know, ah, you know, VHS and, yeah. and beta and, and whatever else. And, you know, you can fast forward and everything else. And, and, you know, I, I remember we, we used to go and rent a whole bunch of movies and, and sit there and watch them. And I, I remember recording yep. them on blank, blank VHS. Yep. So we can have a personal copy for our personal collection. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a sec. Did you do that? Yeah. Uh, we had like three movies on a, on a tape and the quality was garbage but who cared who i remember
1: cared? are you saying that i remember we used to, we used to call them screeners and yeah uh, screeners yeah. Th- there, there were there were two types of uh of screeners there was the one that somebody had was really rich and had two video players and used to take you know do tape to tape this is before they had like macro vision and stuff where it would make the yeah. picture pulsate and you could get a uh, you know a, a a box that you could put between the two, but then you used to get all bit technical and uh so they also um they had the the tapes you could get from from like uh you know old jack down there with the uh, you most probably had this the guy that used to come round in the car who used to have the box of tapes at the back you know in out of his car yeah. and so we used to we used to have this guy that comes round and these people that I knew right i was about um Oh, I must have been quite. I must have been quite young because it was the year that um, ET came out of the pictures. Okay. Uh, so it was it was quite a long time ago, and mm. uh, I remember this guy said, "Do you want to come around my house tonight? Uh, I got I got a film." I'm like, "What have you got? Oh, I got ET." And I'm like, oh, "Oh my god, he's got ET! It's just at like the pictures. How have you got it on video?" <laughs> and and so there, there was about eighteen kids, right? All like under the age of well, uh, not very old and uh we're all in this kid's house right and uh we're in his front room and his parents have gone out so they no one's in the house we're all in we're all watching the only person there that's older than us is his older sister who just doesn't care she just like what do what you want you know i don't care it's just a really angry teenager and uh and we put this film on and we're thinking uh it's gonna be amazing i've i've you I know mean, i've seen all the i've seen starburst i've seen all the magazines it's amazing and uh yeah. we put it on and it's literally trying to watch it through like just distorted snow it's like a really 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 hot like a a twentieth generation copy you know yeah and um but we watch it and uh we're watching it okay and I look at my watch and it's two o'clock in the morning and i'm I'm like I must be about eleven. 10 11 years old of course i'm thinking to myself in my little kid brain well it's all right because when you live up the road my mum will be (laughs) fine i only live up the road it's all right and no phones in those days you don't ring your mum and um in my head i think my mum already knows where i am watching et you know but she didn't (laughs) because i got well literally when i walked in the door i do you know when you get shouted at so bad that you can't move and I was just stood on the spot. I walked in the door and my mum went absolutely mental at me. And she's like, oh, no, I'm going to call the police and I was going to have, you know, get them to take you to the police station to teach you a lesson. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, "All oh, right, I'm really, I'm, I'm really in trouble. But I was trying to explain to my, in my kid head, I was going, yeah, but mum, I've just seen E.T. And she's <laughs> like, know, I, yeah. I don't give a shit who E.T. is. E.T., what the hell is that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, technology was great, but it also got me in trouble. Well, it's funny because uh, I remember uh, I, I think I was maybe
0: 12 years old when when uh, the first Friday the 13th came out. Oh, uh, excellent! Yes, and, excellent. And and I remember I remember uh, Fox uh, showing the cut version at like eight o'clock at night and the uncut at 10 o'clock. And I kept telling I go to my parents. I'm going, I'm I'm staying up till yep. you know 10 o'clock to watch the cut version. Yep. And they're like, Hell, you are you're you're not old enough you can't see that and i said yes i am i'm staying up right i managed to wiggle my way into watching it but oh my god was that an experience yeah watching that uncut wow
1: i i yeah i mean traumatized me for life yeah there are films out there like that i mean uh i think the first sort of um what i call horror film that i watched with in with friends was uh, uh evil dead uh, now you watch oh, yeah. it and you think, oh, it's a it's a funny film. It's quite funny. Yeah. But back then, I watched that film and I'm like, oh my god, this is like, I just crazy. It, and I had nightmares when I got home. Like, I literally slept with the light on. My mum was like, are you all right? And like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm. I just want to leave it on for you know, because uh, safety and stuff. And they're like, what's the matter with you? And and of course, then it had over here in England, uh, as anyone from England who might be watching uh, will know. They started to ban a lot of these films because uh, they were like video nasties. Video yeah. nasties, yeah. yeah. And they started right, to ban them. Like I spit on your grave and and films like that. They were like uh, they were like banned for a long time. Uh, and and they, I mean, they're available now. You can uh, some most of them you can get now. But uh, they were they, they were just taken off the shelves. And and mm-hmm. unless you knew, um, unless you were friendly, with like George down the video shop, and you'd go in and he'd have <laughs> like a copy under the counter. <laughs> Uh, but they yeah. weren't, you know, they weren't on the shelves. You couldn't, you couldn't hire them. You you couldn't get them. Uh, so yeah, that that was a big thing over here in the sort of early '80s. This whole video nasty thing. There was a there was a movement to sort of take all those films off the shelves. Uh, it didn't. Well, it kind of worked, but it mm. you know it was just like anything. People, it's new, isn't it? It's like anything new. And before people get used to it, and I mean now you look at stuff, some of the crazy stuff you get on youtube and you think wow you know and back then it's like you're getting it's not even real it's make-believe and yet people want to ban it so yeah
0: it's um it's weird one one of the one of the most notorious ones obviously a video nasties that that just recently uh was finally released there in the uk is a clockwork orange clockwork orange
1: yeah I, i actually saw that on uh uh well i can say now i actually saw that on pirate because it was at the time it was banned, and um, I had a friend who is like got hold of it, and it was quite a good copy as well. So uh, yeah, I watched that, and uh, I, I didn't understand it to start with. I watched it and thought, <laughs> I, I'm thinking all the way home. I'm thinking, why did they beat that old man up in the subway? What did he do? <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I just I was a kid. I don't know. I just I just watched it and thought, why are they wearing the makeup? But yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, I got to see that film and, and I just, I don't have a clue. I just, I didn't know what was going on, but back then you would watch the films. I mean, I remember, I, re- I was quite lucky because back in the day, my dad, my dad worked away. He worked in America, he worked in Canada, he drove trucks. So he was away from a uh, house for quite a few months. And yeah. um, I was very fortunate. I, in Growing up in the 80s with my mum, she was very cool, very laid back uh she says to me like as long as you're not out thieving like or beating old people up or doing stupid shit like that um excuse my french uh but if you're doing (laughs) stuff like that um then it's cool and you can have your friends around you can watch video nights whatever but just don't go out and do crazy stuff and yeah i respected that so um it was like i remember my mum saying to me well there's no point me having the video player uh downstairs because i don't really use it and your dad's not here for six months of the year because he's truck driving uh so you can have it in your bedroom if you want and yeah. listen i'm <laughs> i'm like i'm not 12 years old and i got a vcr player in my bedroom all right it's connected to a black <laughs> and white telly but you know and I'm a, i remember my mum coming in one evening she 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 got quite angry with me because you're a kid right and you don't need to sleep you can stay yeah. up all night and and I had um, she taps on my door and she goes, uh, "Reeves, are you still watching? Uh, are you still watching the telly?" I go, "Yeah, I'm just uh watching a film." What, what are you watching? Um, Escape from New York. What is that then? <laughs> well, it's got Snake Pliskin in it. All right, Snake Pliskin. All right. Well, don't be too late then. Like. <laughs> She was thinking, <laughs> "The fuck, snake whiskey." <laughs> not that <laughs> kind she of cared. What person is that? Yeah, but no, it was great. I really, I mean, as you can tell, my enthusiasm. It was the eighties was was a, was a fantastic time for me. Uh, I went to the right school. Uh, I had some great mates, which I still got, um, yeah. and uh, kind of everything was an opportunity. Everything you yeah. did was an opportunity. And uh, all right, all right, not all of it. Some of it was a bit crap because you, you know, you always have that. Uh, a lot of people. I had a conversation a while back with somebody who said, "Oh, I really hated school. I really hated going to school. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't really hate school. There was a there was a few annoying kids at school that would, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, they would they would just try and get, take your sandwich money or whatever. But you know, overall, you know, is that uh, a reality? I don't think yeah, I
0: don't think I ever no. had anybody attack me for lunch money. But uh, yeah, really? it, over here
1: it was. Yeah, no, we oh, had. Um, wow. Right, so <laughs> we had this guy, right? Mm. Uh, and uh, every every lunchtime, see, yeah. back then uh, in at school, as whoever's watching this will will know, uh, you you always saved your lunch money for cigarettes. So mm. you'd all chip your money together, and you'd buy like twenty smokes, and then yeah. there would be like a group of you, so you all had cigarettes for lunchtime or break time, so you could go over the shops and have a, a sneaky smoke. Uh, But that there was a dilemma with that. And the problem with that is if you're going to spend your lunch money on uh, on cigarettes, then you're not going to get any food and you're not going to get your jam donut and your pasty from the shops or buy some sandwiches from the tuck shop. So Mm -hmm. or your chips and beans or whatever you're having. So what you would do? (laughs) Well, I know it's I know it's bad. But what we used to do was we used to go around and find some kids. We're like, you don't want that sandwich, do you? And he's like, well, I was going to have that. You don't want that sandwich, do you? I'll have that sandwich. And then that's one. And then you go to another kid and go, you don't want that drink, do you? And, it, oh well, I was going to, well, I'll finish it for you. Because I'm a fifth year and you're a third year. And it's like stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so we used to do stuff like that. But, um. Uh, sometimes you get caught by the teacher. Well, actually, karma, because I remember uh, going over the shops thinking, yeah, I got me cigarettes. I'm over the shop smoking because I'm, I'm 14 and uh, I know it all. Apparently, I know everything in the world. So uh, I, would, <laughs> I was over the shops and the, the teachers would come over and what they would do, there's, where we used to go over the shops, they had three exits. One yeah. was to a housing estate. One was mm-hmm. to, back into the school, which you didn't want to go to because you don't want to run back into school. And yeah. one was to the playing fields. And then you could kind of go back around and kind of sneak back in. Um, we got we got ambushed one day by four teachers. And two of them were PE teachers. So we were crap at running because we were smoking and stuff. <laughs> and uh, we all got caught. And we all got put on uh, a daily report. I don't know if you know what yeah. that is. But basically, you get given a sheet of paper. And every day, uh, for however long they choose, you have to go around... Uh, and get all the teachers in every lesson to sign it uh oh, and it's it's yeah it's a, it's a pretty crap because you, you you're you kind of restricted and you have to go to lessons i know it's that's crazy isn't it you're at school and you you don't want to go to lessons uh yeah. so yeah so i'm um i'm on daily report and uh I, and then i get a detention as well and so our our um deputy head of house he's like um uh he's like all right, Mr Cook, I've got um I've got this book here and uh, you're gonna spend your whole weekend copying it from page to page. And I'm like, You're all right, sir, okay, all right, no worries. And I uh I, I 'cause I had a plan. I knew what yeah. I was gonna do. Uh yeah. so I get home and my mum had already had a, a phone call and I a letter from the school to say I'd been caught smoking. Yeah. And she, of course I get I get the third degree from her. And she goes, "Well, you're going to do the, you're going to do the what he's told you to do, and you're not going anywhere all weekend." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, all right, I'll do it." And I said to my mum, "I said, so if I do it real quick, or I get on and do it, can I, uh, can I go out with my mates?" And she's like, "You do it first, and then we'll, we'll, you know, then we'll discuss." So I get this bit of paper right, and it's like a whole chapter, but I got to copy it all out. I had all these A4 sheets of paper which had to be double sided, so I got this ruler, right. And I got all these pens. <laughs> I taped all these pens to this ruler. And then I got the ruler. And I'm like trying to write with it on the first thing. And then so it copies it all out. Because where it's on the page and the sellotape is wearing away, the the, the writing's like normal here. But down the bottom mm-hmm. of the page, it's like this big. And I'm like, well, that isn't going to work. But I don't care because I just want to go out with my mates. So I do all this writing. And then on Monday when I go back to school, this is the this is the thing that really got me was i walked into the the you know the head of house the deputy head whatever and he's like oh yeah uh let's have a look at your um and he didn't even look at it he just picked it up and went and chucked it in the bin and he's like get out of my sight and i'm like <laughs> i could have just put lines on there and just just give it him and he didn't even look at it he just went and ripped it all up and chucked it in the bin and i walked out of there and then within two hours i was back over the shops having a sneaky fag. So yeah, uh, you, see, like being
0: a kid See, school was so much fun
1: Yeah, it was,
0: it was great I mean, what about you Alex? Uh, come on, what was school like? It was boring Oh man, come on No, it was fine, it was fine yeah. I mean, we, we used to, same thing I mean, I, I started smoking when I was 16 Right, Um, so we would We would go out to the back of the school And you know have our smokes there During break and lunch And we'd, we'd get the occasional teacher that would join us they didn't really care at the school I went to. I was surprised <laughs> if um, we could probably just do a whole bunch of drugs and it wouldn't have even cared. Yeah, oh, wow. th-
1: that's a point. Uh, we had a teacher. Yeah. Um, his name, believe it or not, this is the crazy thing, he was a French teacher and his name was Mr. French, so that's a bit weird, isn't it, in itself? And he used to carry this little uh, man purse. Uh, and <laughs> okay. uh, Yeah, he, he, was, he used yeah. to wear like a, a scarf. Uh, he was very sort of a Paris. Uh, he was very sort of uh, flamboyant. And he would mm-hmm. come over, he'd walk like that. And he would come over and we'd be over the um uh we'd be over the like the the the, the football area in the corner, old having our like smoke, like strain in the cigarettes, save us the D <laughs> and uh don't bum-suck it. And uh and it was it's like um You'd do that, wouldn't you? I would yes. light a cigarette and you go, hang on a minute. Do you want it? No, I don't you want it now. Back, it's all yeah, I'm not, I'm not it's like I'm not doing because it's like I'm kissing you. You can have it. Yeah. So um no, so um it was like um he would he would flamboyantly come over and he'd go, All right then lads and uh I would go, all Right because everybody would like oh shit, we're smoking. Alright, lads, um I think you've got some up for me, haven't you? And we like, yeah, yes, sir. And we don't my cigarettes. He go. I'll have a few of those, and uh, I'll see you later. French at two o'clock. And he'd off you he go. And it's like that's how he got free cigarettes. We wow. literally he'd just go around to all the kids that were smoking, and like basically he was the, you know he was like the local mafia, the cigarette mafia. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd take all our
0: cigarettes. There, there goes all your lunch money.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, but it, of course it, the cycle repeats because we would lose yeah. our cigarettes. And then yeah. we would go to the younger kids, uh, <laughs> who were like, um, <laughs> you know, you'd get out like the third year who was like the tough boy, and he'd go around to all the like the first years, going, give me your money, give me your lunch money, give me your sandwiches, give me your cigarettes, and then and then it, we would be like, we would come to him and go, uh, rough him up a bit, and go, give us your money, give, and he would take <laughs> all this stuff off of him, uh, and then he would like get angry and do it, and then we would get, and it would the cycle would repeat all down the years, you know. Uh so yeah it, it was you know it was that karma thing at school where you knew that you shouldn't um you know y- you don't get horrible with people you don't you don't beat people up it's none of that it's, well i don't think i got into any actually no i was actually pushed <laughs> through a window once at school Really uh, Yeah because well uh, hey so i don't know i'm not at school anymore and if i was it'd be a bit weird unless i was a teacher you or think? i'd be in prison <laughs> Uh so i i um uh at school Everywhere, everybody was something apparent, you know. It's like you had the... Well, you had the nerdy kids, uh, which were just sort of... They would go to computer lessons and we would... They're, they're the nerdy ones, you know. We, we're the, they were like... We had a few nerdy friends, but they were like the ones that just played like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff mm. in the library. But we were yeah. like the cool kids because we were into like... I was into the jam and I was a mod uh, and they, I had all my mod mates. And there Damn was God. the... Yeah, there was the heavies and... And there was the punks, and there was the skins, and there was you know the rude boys. So it was all that you know that that's mm-hmm. what it was at our school. And you were something. But
0: you're, you're you're in between. You're the mod.
1: I was a mod. Yeah, I was a mod. Yeah. I was proper into like you know I've been doing me dog tooth skinny trousers and me and me button downs and me you know polo shirts and all that stuff. And uh, you know it, it, that was what we did and that's what our thing was. But we yeah. we were friends with others. We didn't. We all believe it or not. I actually had friends that were like like s- skinheads and punks one of my best mates was a punk so it's like we all got on at school uh it, w- we, it wasn't all like running fights and battles and stuff it was we had a few kids at school that were complete rebels and and angry at everything uh but that was few and far between most of us respected each other yeah, it's well yeah. put it this way um i live in a i live in the same town now where i grew up obviously and yeah. I, it's a seaside town and it's got okay. an arcades. Because you got to remember oh. that as you, you know, back in those days, the arcades, arcades that was yeah. that that's was the, the place. That was the way yeah. you go. You know, yeah. that's where you meet up. And we would, every genre of, you know, whoever you were, mods, skins, punks, well, well the punks were kind of outside. They were always mm-hmm. outside on the yeah. steps out of their minds on Scrumpy. But the skins and all that... We all had our own arcades, and uh, nobody would go in each other's arcades, but you would hear the abuse at each other from across the main road, which is the yeah. main road, the thoroughfare to the seafront. So, yeah, and mainly that was Friday and Saturday nights because everybody had been drinking, like, cheap lager or whatever, or Blue Nun or whatever. So, uh, yeah, so it, it was kind of... Um, although I must say that there was... It's not like... It wasn't, like, super violent or... And, uh, there was no knives or any of that stuff. If you fought with somebody, it was done like well, fists and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember being chased once by a good about.
0: old fashioned fist fight. Well, know, yeah, uh, but
1: good. yeah, I am kind of thinking back a little bit now where I remember us being legged. It was three of us: me, uh, my mate Nick, and Steve. I think it was my friend Steve. And um, we come out of the uh, arcades, and you know when you get that feeling that you're being followed. And, mm. and we're walking right we're walking and it's like just say uh, just be cool just be cool and i'm like be cool i look round, it's like there's 18 skinheads behind us how can i be cool <laughs> how, much, how much slower do you want to walk and it, you know when you do that like that kind of walk which kind of speeds up the speeds up the speeds yeah. up yeah uh we did that it was like it was it was almost like we were, it were like, like comedy walking it was like that Reeves, Benny- Reeves. we we've we've caught up to you the skinheads have caught up to you, <laughs> but no. So uh, yeah, so we got proper legged, and uh, that was quite scary. I must admit, because having like all those people running after you, going more scum, we're gonna smash your head in, and all that, and yeah, it was quite scary. But overall, um, I I'm quite happy that I grew up then and. And uh, and uh, things that I mean, I know some twenty-year-olds now, and they like, "Yeah, you have got to go in. Uh, if you go down town now, you got to go down town, tooled up, because you know you get a mm. you get a knife in you." Yeah. And I'm like, "What? Knife? Yeah. It, who fights with knives? You fight with your fists." I know. Uh, so yeah, it's like that everywhere, right? Yeah, it's, everywhere. it's uh, I don't know society you now. A bit mental. Just, yeah, guns. Yeah, well, just, well, I haven't got. We haven't really got that problem over it. Well, I suppose oh, there here are. It's, here it's getting better. Yeah. Here. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. Don't, I th- I can't remember that. Well, actually, I do remember the last time I went to a club. But normally, I'm on a really high stage, and there's a big fence around us, and nobody can get near <laughs> me. <laughs> and there's a door at the back I can get to. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but going into a club, um, I I have to say that we went and saw a band, or oh, it must have been a couple of years ago now. Into there's a city, Bristol, and um, I tell you, I tell you what, I'll tell you what uh, there was like six of us, and they a couple of them, they've been we'd been drinking and uh we were on our way back through the city to get our to get our car back the lift back and uh like oh we need to i need to to go to the toilet and we're like can't you wait because we don't want to be going in any of these clubs because it's like they're all young people (laughs) and uh it's like yeah i gotta go so we go in this club you could come in with me wait what am i your mum it's like come in with me (laughs) so we go in there right we're in this club and there's all these like because bristol is quite a heavily like student place you know it's uh there's a lot of universities and colleges and stuff. And because um, all the young people are at partying and stuff, you know, and we're in this club and there's all these scantily clad people, and they're, well, young people. And we're like, there's three blokes in their 50s, like all looking at the floor because I don't know where to look because I don't know what to look at because I don't want somebody to think I'm being like, you know, a dirty Derek. So, uh, yeah, that was a bit weird. And that made me realise that I'm an old bastard there. <laughs> i'm not young what well, you feel young in your head but you know what i mean when you look in the mirror it's like you're getting a bit older and you, and your mind changes as well you know you think differently but yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, there, there, there's just so much about the, that area and it, it's it's funny because you uh bring up you bring up a terminology like uh mod i haven't heard that in years
1: not mod dirty mod. mod you dirty mod yeah, yeah
0: you know i i've not heard that in years i'm like wow dirty There's mod like... you
1: yeah well that was a thing back mods and scooter boys uh that we were yeah. banned i mean people used to shun us i remember going i remember us going to um scooter places on our Lambrettas, and and the police would uh be blocking the city going no nah, no nah, you're not coming in here you can turn around and go somewhere else but you're not coming in here and uh you we were shunned it was like it was a massive movement uh, the scootering movement was huge back then. It was hu- I mean, you would have scooter rallies and thousands upon thousands of scooters and scooter riders and mods and, and scooterists and scooter skins and what, anybody into the scooter scene would turn up. And uh, the, 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 the town would be overridden for the whole weekend. Um, unfortunately, uh, stuff would happen and, you know, pubs would get smashed up or whatever. But there's always going to be that element that just wants to get drunk and go mental. But uh, overall I went to a quite a few scooter rallies and and I enjoyed myself. But sometimes you go to these places where there's a lot of people and you can feel a bit, uh, you know, you know, it's going to kick off. You know, you just, you go somewhere and you think, Oh, any minute now it's all going to go bonkers. And sometimes it did. Somebody would end up going, you know, and then a bloke goes through a window and you think, yeah, it's all kicked off. We better find a table to get under.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's, it's insane how things were. So, you know, we'll we'll get into it in a few minutes, but I mean, like your um, your 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 passion for like the paranormal, yes, and all that, you know, and it must have started around there. If uh early. yes, um, and, and what 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 sort of coached it along and said, oh yeah, you know, I, I I really want to look into this series. My
1: dad uh my dad yeah. uh yeah it was my dad really uh he was a member of um uh bufora uh the, the british ufo network and uh oh, wow. he he okay. used to go on to he used to go to all the like the meetups and the and the the, the you know the lectures they had uh this is back in the uh must be mid sort of 1970s and um okay. he he would come home and he had all these books by uh, like Jacques valet and um, Eric mm. von Daniken and all the all those kind of things, you know. And uh, and uh, I would, I'm you know, I was quite young then, and it, it, I didn't really understand what the books were about. I would look through them and just look at the pictures in the middle. And he used to tell me these stories about, oh yeah, I went to the lecture and there was this UFO, and we you know, he would tell me this story as you know, I found it fascinating. And um, I kind of got into it that way. Um, but I. I didn't really understand anything about the phenomenon i just knew that you know there were possibly things up there and i and pe there were people trying to find out what they were and of course my dad would in his way would kind of you know guide me in some way mm-hmm. and it wasn't yeah. until um i i think it was well okay the i remember him taking me and my brother t- to see uh, close encounters when it first came out and that was that was a quite a, a turning point for me because seeing a film like that uh, as being so young, uh, I know it was a star Wars and that, but close encounters was the kind of the flip side where yeah. oh, this, this could be, this could be real, you know? And, uh, I, I really, I didn't understand all of it. Uh, but I kind of understood it enough to have an interest in it. And of course, back then as well, you had Arthur C. Clarke with Arthur C. Clarke's mysterious world and you had all these other programs as well like children of the stones and stuff like kids tv was very it was a lot of there was a lot of like paranormal kids tv like tomorrow people and stuff like that that got me interested in the sci-fi side of it so those two things kind of gelled for me and I was interested in in both of those things so that kind of moved me along but it wasn't until um it must have been like the the early 80s when I, I saw something in the sky with my friend and we were at the back of our house. We used to live in this really nice house, actually. Um, it was a three-bedroom detached house at the bottom of a cul-de-sac and it was one of three houses, which was, and it was a really quiet area and the back of the house looked out onto uh, like a cricket field, so it was really dark and beyond the cricket field was the coastline, so the beach. And I remember being out the window at one night. My mate used to stay over and uh, we're in the bedroom, and I got this cigarette, we'll have a sneaky, sneaky cigarette. And uh, we're out hanging out the window, and I'm looking up in the sky, and I can see this quite a bright light moving across the the sky. And I say to my mate, "I go, what's that?" And he's going, oh, it's just it's just a balloon." I'm like, well, yeah, all right, it's a balloon." And and then we're kind of just talking for about another five minutes. No, it's not a balloon. Oh, it's a helicopter, isn't it? Well, I can't hear it. Yeah. And then it just stops. It just stops in the sky, like out in the distance, but on the sky, maybe about, I don't know, a little bit higher than our line of sight. And we can see it quite clearly. It's very bright, brighter than all the other stars. And then maybe, I don't know, five or six minutes later, another one comes along and it stops the other side. So it's two points of light. And we're like, okay, what's well, a bit weird? And then another one comes along, and by this time I'm shouting over the banisters for my dad to come up, because I know he's got these great big powerful binoculars, because he does a yeah. lot of sky at the time he mm. did a sky watching. And um I'm like, Dad, come up. There's there's aliens in the sky. And he's like, Oh, don't be so silly. Don't be so silly, why you aliens? You are, and he comes up, and he's got he's very logical. And uh he goes in the bedroom and he goes, Well, first of all, turn the light out. And so we turn the light out and he's up at the window and he goes and gets his, his big binoculars. And, and he's looking out at the sky and by this time there's three points of light. So two at the bottom and one at the top. So it's making like a triangle. Um, and it's up in the night sky and he's like, and he's looking through his binoculars and he's going, good God, good God. And we're like, what, what, what is it? Cause we, we don't know. And of course he lets us look, but he's holding them and we, we can't really make out what it is cause he's tuned it to his eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, well, it, what, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Uh, and as he says that the the two ones the points of light at the bottom start to move away from each other and he and he's watching it and he's rake, he's raking notes and stuff or i have to report that he's you know report it i've got to write a report and then the one at the top just shoots straight up in the sky like gone and of course that well, I don't know what that is you know i'm like wow that what was that uh, and of course we're kind of amazed for about I don't know, 20 minutes. And then, of course, me and my mate just carry on talking about something else and playing records and stuff. And um, Of course, my dad's like, oh, I've got to write it all down. He's writing it all down. He's making phone calls and stuff. And um, that was my first and only real experience of something that I just I saw and I had no clue what it was. But the the thing is that it kind of leads on to something, which is – I, to, to this day i don't know if it's connected and I, and i kind of like shun it a little bit because about maybe about three months later um and I, nothing weird happened to me i don't well i don't know but about three months later i started to have a bout of um like wake, sleepwalking and mm. my mum my just by this time my dad had gone back to America to carry on doing his truck driving and stuff and um so it was just my mum me and my brother in the house and my mum would wake up because she hear things moving around downstairs and she would find me downstairs like in the kitchen like playing with pots and pans and stuff and I'm completely asleep uh and she would like call my name and I'd obviously go back to bed I don't know I I have no memory of that but I have some weird memories and um she got to a point where she was getting concerned so she took me to the doctor's (laughs) and And she said, because, you know, I'd, I'd have these weird episodes of, of just being in the house, wandering around. And she was worried, what she was most worried about was me waking up and going, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to go for a little walk down the road because I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. and I'm walking out in front of a car or something. I think that's what she was worried exactly. about. And yeah. and I remember that I went to the doctor and he did all, looked at all, my, um, all the things they do in the doctors and he's like, no, he's, he's fine. He's, uh, he's a perfectly healthy kid. We well, didn't say kid, but child, you know, and um, yeah, uh, and and I remember him saying to my mum, "I think it's, I think it's um, hormonal stress. He's he's growing up, he's young, yes. and uh, it's maybe causing him to have episodes of, um, like sleepwalking." But as time went on, right, I started to experience these other things. So I now this isn't weird because lots of people experience this sleep par- yeah. sleep paralysis everyone yeah. has well not everyone but there are people out there that, that still have it now and I had it yeah. a few years ago um, I had it and it normally it's brought on by like stress and if you yeah. have a prolonged stress you can get these episodes and that's why I had um, so it started off I would wake up at night and I couldn't move and uh, I would panic try and talk to my mum or shout my mum, and I I couldn't do anything but then it got to a point where I started to feel that there was something in my room uh and it was always in like in the corner of my room uh it never moved it was just there and I it, and the more I looked the more like panicked I became and the only thing I could do was just like uh just go back to sleep and it'll go away and that'll be yeah. fine and until I started to have these um episodes of uh, I can't really describe what it was as in like a, like sleepwalking but mm. I would hear like a clock ticking and the clock would get like louder and louder and louder and it would get to a point where the clock was so loud that I couldn't hear it anymore and then I had memories of colors like like rainbow colors and yeah not being in bed but being in the house and having like vague memories of being like in on the landing or downstairs or or somewhere in the house and then I would obviously hear my mum my mum's voice calling me and I would follow it but then I would have no memory of where I went and then I would wake up in the morning and I would think oh that was a weird dream uh and and I, I don't know what that was and that happened uh well oh, that must have happened maybe uh, a number of times i don't know how many but it was weird uh, i know that and it was most probably something brought on by i don't know stress or something i don't know but i did have uh, paralysis later on in life uh, and obviously as not people know that i i cared for my father my my father like died of cancer like four or five years ago and remember, yeah, i I, that, yeah. yeah i was his carer I was his primary carer for two nearly two years up to his death and i remember uh when you're in that kind of situation as as a lot of people are going to uh, know you kind of push all that worry and stress to one side and you think hey i just gotta get on with it it just it's like anything i just gotta get on with it and you know there's no point having a little snivel just get on with it because you're yeah. to you want to you know, you don't want to appear. I don't know. It's not the word weak, but you just you need to focus. You know, and um, I remember one day I was so I was so knackered, and uh, the, my dad had this um like care nurse that would come round and do all of his you know cleaning and stuff, and I I didn't do any of that. Uh, and um, it was like I I, I thought I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a kip, and I went for a sleep, and I remember waking up and I could feel like for a moment it felt like there was a person like bear hugging me and I could feel their hands around my wrists and I could feel uh, like their knees in my back and it was like I I thought for a moment I thought someone was on me and it you could feel it's like a really massive person Uh, and then I thought well maybe I'm having sleep because I couldn't move and I thought maybe I'm having sleep paralysis and it I thought just relaxed and it kind of it it kind of faded away. But yeah, I don't know that going back to me being a kid and it's following me through life and stuff. Uh, I don't know what that was, um, but that's what got me interested. And of course, having those episodes and having those experiences it, later in your life. I mean, not you're a teenager. You you're not interested in you know. Th- you don't th- pay th- attention. No, you you, yeah. you just you don't. You just want to go out and get drunk and talk to girls, and you just. It's only when you get older like in my 30s I'm like I start to take an interest in the paranormal and of course yeah. in my 30s I really did start to take an interest in the paranormal because I got into EVP real proper mm, got yeah. into it and I was quite fortunate to work in the music music industry for 14 odd years so I had access to some really pucker equipment but uh, <laughs> I had a conversation as well but uh, do you need good quality equipment to to get Evidence. I don't know. It's still, it's on the table. I think that the higher the quality of the equipment, the less chance you're going to get of evidence because that quality equipment is going to filter out the the junk. I've noticed that. I've noticed that after the, you know, the amount of equipment I've used
0: to record these things for the amount of years that I've been doing it. So, yeah. Uh, although I have captured some really, really good stuff on yeah. higher quality uh, recording devices but i mean it's it's amazing like you could just have like a, a, a crappy beat up uh uh analog uh recorder tape yeah. recorder or, or whatever else and, and gather some really interesting uh samples
1: well are you familiar with uh the late lou Gentili?
0: oh yeah okay so you know we we had a we had a chat about that i, I used yeah. to love his show
1: yeah well <laughs> Yeah, and I know you're
0: you're you're pretty good friends with him, weren't you? I was,
1: yeah, I was quite good friends with him, and uh, uh, yeah, well, he, he had a little bit of a temper, a little bit. So people used to, well, it was before before you uh, before it was called trolling. Uh, people mm-hmm. used to troll him, so it, yeah. he used to get angry because he used to do a show, literally seven nights a week, and he and he used to he used to work hard getting a lot of guests, and and his shows were. I mean, they were like sometimes they were four, or six hours long. He would just go on yep. and on and on, um, but he used to get quite angry with people that were just being idiots, which I can understand. Uh, yeah. So he'd, sometimes he would be doing a broadcast on the radio because he was syndicated, and he'd be on the radio, and he, somebody would be getting on his nerves, and he'd be like, "Yeah, that's it, the show's ended, goodbye, clunk," and that was it. And <laughs> like, what are you doing? Of i I'm that joke aside. He did, you know, he did a. He was kind of, how can I put it? It's He, did, uh, he played an important role in mm. laying the groundings for where we are today with the paranormal and the internet, I think, mm-hmm. R- yeah. you know, with this. So anyway, so I remember you saying about equipment. He had this, uh, it was a little dictaphone. Uh, I don't know what make it was. It was a little silver mm-hmm. dictaphone. He took it everywhere with him. And I remember him. Um, I told this story a while back, but I remember getting a message from him, and he said, "Oh, uh, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, nothing really. Just doing, sitting at home watching telly." And he said, "Oh, I've got some I want to send you," and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, all right." And uh, he said, "I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm, I'm going to send you this audio clip. Um, tell me what you tell me what you think." And I'm like, "Oh, it's going to be one of his weird." Oh, you know, because he used to some, he used to record some of these weird noises like uh, growls and stuff, and I'm like, "What is that? Is what are you <laughs> what are you recording? You zoo? Where are you?" <laughs> it's like, no, it's just I'm in a room, and there's uh, this is what I'm getting. But what is it? Uh, I, you know, but he sent me this recording. It was only about I don't know a minute long, and uh, this this was from his house. No, no, he was like on where an, you right. Live. So no, no, so um no his his wife Antoinette, she was a bit uh she was a bit strict about stuff like that she yeah she, I was, yeah, she say. was a bit yeah she was a bit, a bit my strict, wife but, would probably kill yeah. me
0: if i did that <laughs> um
1: but uh he was on an investigation and yeah. he was he was part he was part of a team uh mm-hmm. and he was like helping them with an investigation and he came out for a break because he, he did like to have a little puff smoke mm. and yeah. uh quite a lot uh and uh it, it um he he messaged me and he and he sent me a message and and he said I'll send it to I'll email you to it. It was like a little yeah. file and he sent it to me and I played it and I messaged him back and I said well it's just why are you sending me this? It's just some people talking having a chat. I can't hear what they're saying. But what do you want me to do? It's just why? Are you, I thought you sent me the wrong file. And he went yeah. He said can you hear that? And and I said, yeah it's just some people talking. He said yeah, but the thing is that. There was nobody there at the time. There was one investigator and with a recorder, and that was it. With this recorder, you know, and it's like I'm listening to, to a bunch of. Uh, well, I'm listening to a a, a group of people having a having a natter, and uh, yeah. apparently, there's at the time it was they were the person was incomplete, Well, the recorder was in complete yeah. silence. So yeah, he he caught he did capture some weird stuff, and some of the um stories he told me were um he used to go he he knew a um a priest which was local to his area and yeah. the, the priest was a i'm i'm, I'm i don't am i know the full story but i think the priest was uh, uh he was an ex he could do exorcisms and okay. he told me a story once that he went to a the priest asked him for some help because he had to go and uh do an exorcism on a young man and the young man he was the priest was quite old uh and he said well i'm a bit concerned that you know he might slap me around or whatever so can you come and, you know, give me a bit more of support? And uh, from what he told me that when they went there and the priest started to do his thing and, you know, just reading from the book and stuff, and the guy was getting really angry and stuff and they had to put him in a jacket and, you know, restrain him. Uh, yeah. But he was witnessing furniture moving around in, in the uh, the guy's, you know, the the apartment, the place where the guy was. Uh, they were like chairs moving and tables moving and uh, windows like knocking and stuff. And he said it was just completely bizarre because the guy was like all tied up on the bed and the priest was doing his thing. And then it was all this crazy stuff was going on around him. Um, and he said he, that's one of the times that he was like really, like really scared. And yeah. I can understand that if you were, if you were in a situation where you've got no clue how all this is happening and it's like, you know, what is actually going on here? You know, you look at exorcism in, in general and somebody they say, oh, clearly uh, the person's got a demon in them, so we need to get it out. So, but you know, we don't know what you know what's going on, do we? Really, when it comes to that stuff.
0: You know, I I would love, and because that's a whole whole can of worms there. Oh, it is. Yeah. I would I I would love to have you back on to just <laughs> do a, a straight show on EVPs.
1: Oh, EVPs. Oh, god, EVPs. I, I tell you I tell you a little story uh uh i when my the only time right uh i i kick myself to this day uh <laughs> i when i first re- i used to do this right i did it for three yeah. months uh and uh, it all started off with the unexplained uh, i think it was magazine number one yeah. and they had the uh the the, the flexi pop record on there and it was the okay. recording of uh i'm trying to think of the name of the book rapidly off my it was a book, right? And you got a record you got a tape with it. Uh well so okay. you got a flexi record with it, but it was a well known book. I'm trying to think of the guy um the guy's name. but I can't. It's not my I'm getting old. <laughs> so uh so anyway, so I that got me into it. And years later I was in the studio and I had an ability to do it. So I had a white noise generator. I had a yeah. nice tape deck. It was all analog, no digital stuff. It was all analog. Um and I did some recordings, right? Uh and I I really didn't get any I got some what i don't know what they were but i just threw them in the bin cuz it's like i didn't know what it was and my at, my attitude towards EVP is if i can hear it and I, I can and it sounds like a person then potentially it's paranormal if mm. if it just sounds like someone doing the washing up or whatever then it's just junk it just throw yeah. it away cuz you don't know what it is it could be yeah. and never never tell anyone what you think it is cuz never front low people with stuff cuz if exactly. you're going to do that uh yeah. you might as well just not do it you know You're not don't tell them so my mate right uh he he didn't involve he didn't none of this it was all a load of old nonsense and I yeah. remember for f- about three months I was doing it and I wasn't getting much um m- much luck I was doing it on my own after work I think about. I must have been a bit mental doing that staying on at work yeah you know, all day <laughs> at work and then I'm staying on at work just to re- <laughs> to talk to myself so um so <laughs> I'm um doing. yeah uh, I didn't get paid for it, but you know. But anyway, so he said, "Oh, I'll come over for a couple of beers and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to some ghosts, shall we?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why don't we?" So i He's obviously taking the mic, and uh, so he comes over, and I set it all up, got the stuff, and I said, "All right, you can you can have a go. Uh, talking to the microphone and just ask some questions, and we'll do a re- recording. We'll put the white noise generator on. We'll do a recording uh, and yeah. see what happens." Because I thought, well, different person, maybe. You know, it. I didn't think about energies or anything like that. Just art oh, someone different. Maybe they're bored of me. Yeah. You know, maybe they won't don't want to talk to me. So um, he uh, he's like, oh, is anybody there? Oh, ghosts. And I'm like, no, don't don't piss about. You know, so he just doesn't care. You know, he's just having a laugh. He's drinking his beer. He's Hofmeister. And uh, anyway, so I have a go. No luck. Don't get nothing. And then about it must be about maybe an maybe an hour and a half. We'd have a few beers by that time. And we're, like, asking stupid questions. Like, <laughs> what size are your feet? And stuff like that. <laughs> just just being I- idiots. Yeah. Um, and then about, I don't know, I think I gave him the microphone, said so just ask them, it. And he's like, oh, who wants to talk to me? And and then I asked some questions. I said, oh, is anybody there? Uh, Recorded for about two minutes. Switched the tape player off. Wound it back. And I put my headphones on. And I'm listening. And it's just white noise. And then about, I don't know, Half a minute in, something like that. There's a there's like static and a pop and a click, and then out of nowhere, I can hear, um, a, a, um, like a, a lady's voice say yes, and I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, and I'm like by that time I'm just frozen, <laughs> and then about twenty seconds, thirty seconds later, there's another like crackly staticky pop, and then there's like um, a bloke's voice, but it's like um, you know, like in the old days when everybody had that kind of posh twang. Uh, it was like, please reply, but it was very posh, and I'm like, oh, by that time my heart's going, and I'm like, take the headphones off, and I wind it back, I go, can you just have a listen to that, mate? Just have a listen, <laughs> and he's like, what, what? And I tell you, right, is this this goes on a little bit, but I will tell you, yeah. he's listening, right, and I'm watching his face, and he's like listening to it, and he's like, what, what? The and he t- first thing he does, he listen, uh, he goes to take him off, and I push him back on his head, and he's like, no, no, I don't want to hear no more. And I'm like, no, listen to it all. And of course, there's another voice. And he cause he's like, I don't want to do no more. Get off. So he takes the <laughs> headphones off, right? And he's going, yeah. uh, how would you do it then? How would you do it? I go, do what? He goes, well, how do you put those voices? You think that's funny, dear? And I'm like, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not me. And he said, no, nah. he said, that's, that's not real. He said, that's not real. I'm going home anyway. I'm, I've had enough. I'm going. I'm very tired. I'm going home. I've had enough. And, and he left. He went home. Good and of and course, he worked at the same plant he looked there as well right and uh it was about right okay so it was about three or four days later right and i mm. didn't do but that really scared me that having that experience it did a little bit scare me so i'm like i'm not nah just gonna leave it alone for a little while just not gonna do it uh yeah. just gonna see how things go and i just carried on going to work going home playing with in nintendo you know that sort of stuff and, um, you went from Atari to Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, and, um, <laughs> I went from... Uh, no, no, actually, I went from Intellivision. Ooh, no, Atari, Intellivision. Intellivision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I went... My brother had a Spectrum, but I always kept nicking it and using it because I like playing Ant Attack. <laughs> uh, and then... Oh, what did I do then? I, know, I didn't was have a, a burger, computer. Burger time. I used burger to love time. That, yeah, I got that now. I still got that. Uh, and then I went to... Um, Oh, then I went to Amiga, so my mate got an Amiga when they first came out. He 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 actually went out and got himself in debt just to get one, and it was they were like <laughs> six hundred quid. He went and got a credit card just to buy one, uh, Amiga. So we shared that, we played that together, uh, and then I got my first PC in uh, it must have been the early nineties, and it cost like two grand. And the only reason I got yeah. that was because the company I worked for underpaid me for like two years, so yeah. they they were like oh reeves um do you want a pc and i'm like well yeah if you're off you'll we'll get you one because uh yeah we kind of haven't been paying you enough money so uh wow yeah we'll get well, you up. Know we'll get you a pc it'll cost a little bit more but little you know just as a little bit of gift because uh, uh yeah a, yeah the only reason you're going to get me a pc is cuz you can write that off at the end of the year and claim the money back that's what you're doing isn't it but anyway, I got I got a PC. Tax rate off. Yeah, so I got a PC out of that, and then I was a I was like a hardcore PC gamer playing Doom and Quake and you know Unreal. Mm, I had a Voodoo card, but um, anyway. So what was I saying? Yeah. So a few days later, um, I get it was we used to do these um, we used to do these like round the clock shifts, uh, yeah. two to ten, six to two, zombie shift, and all that horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, I got a phone call because. Uh, I had a mobile phone, believe it or not, but the company bought it for me to use because they would call me to come into work. That's the only reason they got I got one. And um, they're like, he's like, um, my mate, he's like, he said, yeah, all right, it's very funny, that, isn't it? I said, what? He said, you doing what you're doing. I'm like, what are you on about? I'm, I'm <laughs> at home watching Star Trek. And he's like, yeah, well, you know how to come in and set the alarm off and, uh, and then go and you got a key. I went yeah that's right I do and I got and I'm at home watching Star Trek and he's like no well I was upstairs and the door alarm went off and I come downstairs and the door's locked uh so what what you got to say about that and I'm like yeah I'm at home watching Star Trek it's not me and he's like yeah all right okay well don't do it again all right I went all right mate bye <laughs> and that was that all right and and that was that that was the, the that was the context of our conversation anyway Two days later, he's doing a week of this yeah. n- late stuff. Uh, two days later, I get a phone. Uh, I get a phone call again at half eleven at night, and he says, "Uh, yeah, I'm just letting you know. I don't know what you want to do, but uh, I'm going home. Right? Why are you going home? Are you sick? No, I'm just. I'm going home because uh, there's someone up here walking around, and I'm going home because I don't want to be in no more. <sighs> right? Okay. So ring someone then. Yeah. 'cause I'm not coming in, I'm coming in at six o'clock in the morning, so he went home mm-hmm. and I went into work thinking right now, this is the thing right I'm thinking to myself he had a he had an experience he can't understand it, he's not into the whole paranormal stuff he's his brain's going over over time, and he's he's having a little bit of a you know he's a little bit yeah. So, I <laughs> I'm at work right, and it's my turn the next week to do the lates, and I'm at work right, and I upstairs you have a mezzanine floor, you have offices, and then you have each room is they do different things like one's a duplication room, then you've got uh, like the studio where I worked, but I was wasn't in the studio, I was doing the lates because we used to work for like game companies like pros, yeah. and uh, you know software houses, and they would want all their cassettes with all for magazines and cover discs and all that and um i i'm sat the door was slightly open and the night lights were on in the warehouse so there was a shaft of light shining yeah. through into the room because i needed had like a lamp on and a tv and you know and i was it was about three o'clock in the morning and i'm just sat there and watching i don't know late night tv just some whatever and for a moment i uh I see the light coming in the door break as if somebody walks by outside. I don't hear anyone I don't hear no footsteps, but I see the light break and I'm like, oh, okay, what was that maybe maybe I'm a bit tired, maybe I nodded off I had a little like a micro dream or something, but as I saw the light break, I looked up we had this big square window that looked out into the um you know, you, so you could stand by the window and look into the, the factory area, the production area. Um, as I l- looked, because of the lights on in here and the lights are out there, it's like acting like a mirror. But I could see the silhouette of what looked like a person go, like, walk by the window. As I looked up, they'd walked, finished walking by. And I'm like sat there. And you know when you get that moment of like, yeah, I don't know what I just saw. I'm, I'm a little bit scared and I don't really want to move. You know, I'm like sat there and I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I, do I go outside going, oh, I'm really angry. I'm going to duff you up if you, you, I'm not scared of ghosts. Or do I just like (laughs) crawl under the table and like wait till morning time? And I thought I have to do something. So I go outside and of course the lights to the warehouse are downstairs. So I'm outside on a landing and it's, it's very dimly lit. And I've got yeah. to walk the whole length of the landing for we past all these other offices, which I... Because there's are bloke in there going to duff me up. I don't know. And um, I eventually get downstairs and I switch the main lights on and I switch every light on in the factory. And I stay like that for about, what, three or four hours until my shift ends. And then when I, I leave, and uh, I remember getting a phone call saying, Reeves, why have you left all the lights on, mate? What's going on? You're burning electric. I'm like, yeah, it's a long story. Yeah, I just, uh, I forgot, you know, but I didn't say nothing about ghosts or weird stuff or anything like that. And uh, it was, a week, a week or so went by and we had these ink pots. Then you, They had to be kept really clean because if you got ink in them and it dried out, it was an absolute nightmare. And we had these like tubs of ink, which you put in the ink pots, adjusted them, go on a machine, the rollers, and then they would print on the cassettes uh and i remember one of the older one of the bosses came in early one morning like five o'clock in the morning to print all the blank cassettes uh so that they could be pre-round you know through the day and uh i remember coming in about nine o'clock and he was really really angry and uh, he's like, oh. like what's the matter He goes, i just spent an hour and a half cleaning those bastard pots out <sighs> right and i'm like well, yeah. what why are you just cleaning them they should already be clean yeah, well, someone thought it'd be funny to put the pots in the ink tubs, eh? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's a bit crap, that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get a coffee anyway. I didn't want to say anything about anything that we'd <laughs> yeah. experienced, yeah. but yeah, I just that we had. But some, you were thinking it. Yeah, I I just yeah. thought this is a bit. This is all getting a bit weird. And yeah. when that happened to somebody else, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I did. I, well. I'll be honest with you. uh, Me thinking the the way I was thinking was like, did I open up some sort of portal? Did I did I encourage something to happen? Did was it is it me? Did I you know my sitting in there at night going, is anybody there? You know, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it was all coincidence. Maybe aren't we read into everything? And it was just it would have happened anyway. And it just I don't know. That's the thing with the paranormal. You got to be so careful yeah. cuz you can trick yourself.
0: Oh, I know. You know, I, you know I, I I I often I often think that, you know, yeah. am I opening something here because I can tell you with the amount of stuff that happens in this place. Yeah. Uh it, it, it's the weirdest you know, the weirdest stuff unfolds in this place and and I just I have no explanation yeah. other than okay, did I bring something home with me from that last investigation I did? Or, you know, and and my wife's always saying, you know, you know, you're going to bring something home. And some of the most unusual stuff, Reeves, I'm telling you, I just like, you know, there was, um, I'm just trying to think here. Uh, We went, we, we went away for uh, about a week and uh, we came home and, um, you know, unpacking and my neighbor, uh, my next door neighbor comes to me and says, uh, are you guys just getting home? And I said, yeah, yeah, we're just, uh, just, you know, I'm packing now and just, uh, I'm packing the car and getting into the house now. Oh, that, that's weird. Why? Um, because, uh, last night around eight o'clock, uh, it sounded like you guys were having a party. Uh, well, so no, no you no, no one was in your
1: house no nobody
0: was in nobody nobody absolutely nobody the lights were off everything nothing. right and i usually unplug certain things you know the yeah, yeah. electronical thing just in case right yeah and um i said that there's no way there's nobody was in the house you know i go to my wife you know uh just, just check to see if you you know the nieces were over checking checking the house out whatever just making sure things are okay no nobody was uh, nobody was over Uh, okay that's weird the music accordingly the uh, according to the neighbor the music was blasting so loud it was literally bouncing off their wall and uh, wow okay that is that is strange you know nobody was nobody was home i i I don't get it you know
1: yeah it's weird it's really weird. Bit... and
0: and that's like uh, you know we'll, we'll be sleeping and then all of a sudden uh the bedroom door will open and slam shut
1: oh just I, slam I, shut that's... and the thing Ooh.
0: and the thing is <laughs> you literally have to turn the knob to open the door you, you can't just like it's not the wind opening and slamming it or whatever backdraft or whatever you literally have to turn the knob and open it and slam it have you, like we were we were we were awoke we woke up abruptly because of it the one night.
1: Have you have you ever sort of decided to sort of investigate your own house?
0: You know, you know, the funny thing about that, Reeves, is um I I uh, started looking uh on the back uh the back uh story, the the history. Yeah. Um because this is the this is the first house on this property. Like, uh, we're, we're on the land here, it, right? Yeah, it's the first time it used to be a farm, it used to be a farmer's field, and um, it, 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 uh, there wasn't anything directly going on, but uh, it led me down to something that I'm actually working on a documentary to, funny enough, uh, about something that just happened on the same sort of plot of land, but just over, okay, yeah, this old, this old woodlot and there's uh there used to be a a farm uh, uh you know over there and um what happened was uh one night uh during a storm uh the 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 wife went out to tend to some of the animals who, who uh, seemed to be in distress and upon going back to the house uh she was struck and killed by lightning but i me and years later, uh, in the 70s, I, I found an old account uh, of this guy who's um, talking about an experience he had back, you know, coming home from work late, late, you know, late at night, about two in the morning. He was driving by this, this, where this woodlot is, and the farm was no longer there, obviously, but he's driving by, and this is like, I guess he said the 70s, the late 70s. And he's driving by and then, you know, he sees what looks like a woman walking through this cornfield. Cause the cornfields are still there. Yeah. Uh, walking through this cornfield, like she's in distress. Hmm. So he's like, okay, this, that's kind of weird. So, you know, he pulls over, gets out of the car and he starts going, man, are you okay? Are you okay? And as he got closer, uh, to the, to the woman she completely disappeared
1: well yeah i mean there are lots of stories like that yeah, i mean yeah. it just it's not just the um it's not just the rogue hitchhiker that gets in your car or no. or you know or just somebody that you you pull up to give someone a lift and they vanish it's um yeah. there are many stories where exactly. there's people like that that you go to help someone and they you know they just pop out of existence i mean i i, I, I don't I don't really know what's going on there. I mean, is it is it something you know residual, or is it something with intelligence that that's trying to communicate in some way? Um, I don't know. It, it's I mean, a difficult one. Uh,
0: if I had it, uh, do I have it handy? right here? I no, I don't. I have this little pelican light and you open it and it has two led lights when you open it right yeah yeah and it's got a spring to 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 keep it closed i wish i had it handy but anyhow uh the thing hadn't worked for years it wasn't working and i had had it up here on my computer table on the studio table here and um uh you know uh i just you know checked it i probably like a couple days before this happened and just wouldn't work because I was going to use it and try to use it or, or replace the batteries or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it wasn't working. So, okay, fine. You know, I just left it on the table. And one night we, you know, we came home uh, from wherever and I'm coming upstairs and I see a light coming from this room and I'm like, what the hell? I walk into the room and here's this thing propped up on top top of my, the, the computer, uh, hard drive on top of the case opened up with the light shining. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, number one, you need to physically open it up yeah. for the lights to come on. So it was physically opened up and the lights were on. And like I said, the lights were not working for years.
1: It's a bit creepy, that. You think? It's a bit like uh, <laughs> I, um, I'm going to stay in a B&B tonight because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird that, I mean, I know, I've know i spoken to a lot of people. When when I put, you know, Paratalk kind of came back together and I decided that um, I would start to introduce guests and have mm-hmm. guests, you know, other people on. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get people who were already either podcasting or YouTubing and, uh, you know, had a, had a bit of a background in the paranormal. I didn't want to get people on that were... Uh, how can I put it i didn 't want to get people on that didn 't have any interest in the paranormal, yeah. but I wanted to get people on that had an interest but were also producing content because I thought that would be interesting um and it and it turned out that it, it is interesting mm-hmm. because yeah the amount of people that i 've talked to that do these do podcasts do live streams uh you know have youtube channels that have that actually are experiencing or have experienced uh, strange phenomenon uh, is pretty much everyone that I've so to date that I've talked to and I've talked to quite a few people now and uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of nice to uh, have that kind of commonality with people where you think well I possibly have experienced something unexplained but it's also nice when people say yeah I experienced something but I don't really know what it was. And mm. I think it's that me, I'm, I'm very, uh, well, I, I, I kind of, I like, I don't like to say, oh uh, yeah, definitely I was a ghost, that was grandma. Yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. You, you have a skeptical I, mind. I, I, I ha, I'm I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, mm, I like to be, I like to look at it from both sides of the fence and okay, mm-hmm. you could say, yeah. well, that's, that's, you know, that you're just being, uh, make your mind up young man. You know, but you can't with this. You can't just say, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, clearly that's, uh, that's a demon, so uh, you need to be exorcismed. You know, it's, you yeah. you, 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 can't, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to be flippant or anything, but I, some of it is a bit funny when people say stuff like that, and it's like, well, how, how can you be so sure? You know, uh, how can you yeah. say, yeah, clearly that is this, or that is that, um, uh, and it's like, you're there's a lot of people out there that are hanging on your every word, especially if you're someone that has got a following in the sense mm-hmm. of you're someone that's been on the telly, because apparently being on the yeah. telly makes you a, you know, you. if you're on the telly, then you clearly know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 trust Apparently. me
0: we, we 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 have we have burnt those bridges <laughs> well on, on this show so many times i you know <clears> yeah <throat> i i completely agree
1: i'm not going to uh am not going to drop any names because no i'm a no, professional no uh yeah. and i have a podcast i suppose i'm a, <laughs> a broadcaster but, uh no um i'm not going to drop any names because that's not cool uh and uh and and it's just not the way i it's not the way i do business yeah. but uh I have written to a lot of people, uh, obviously looking always looking for guests, always looking for people with interesting stories. And, and I've been quite fortunate where uh, there's a few people coming up, which I even thought, my God, they wrote back. I can't believe it. Because let's be honest, when you're looking for guests and you send out a bunch of emails, you spend a lot of time. Well, I do. I spend a lot of time creating a message, which I think uh, gets across how I feel and what I want to do. And when someone reads it and 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 doesn't respond, you think you bastard, you know? Mm. Do you know how long yeah. that took me? It, it, you know, it's a you you it's, you feel physically hurt. You know, it's like what what what's wrong with me? What did I do? So um, I I have I have been quite fortunate with people like Tom Shrouded Hand and um, Curious World. Uh, I, Kristen was you know somebody that I'm. Uh, i I met through social media uh and she 's got she's she does a a, a podcast uh all those kind of people they 're all in the scene i mean leanne who i 've done a few shows with that was a that was just an idea where she lives local to me I met her on yeah. social media and and i 'm like do you want to come on? because shes she said i 'm thinking about doing a blog i 'm thinking about doing a she 's do a blog i 'm thinking about doing a podcast i 'm like well if you want to do a podcast and you're not sure. Uh, have you got all the? She goes. I got all the stuff. I have got the mic. Got the headphones. But I don't really know how to do it. And I'm like, well, come on, para talk and have a chat and see if yeah. you like it. And she came on, and I thought, I thought, bloody hell, she knows a lot about ghosts because she's been on a lot of investigations. So I thought, well, yeah. why don't you come on, you know, once or twice a month, and we'll do a an episode and and see where it goes. And and that's kind of been cool because I've met someone that's kind of local to me that I'm doing episodes with, and we've got things planned where hopefully we're, with our schedules that we can go off and go to a few haunted places and do some on location podcast or something like that. That'll be quite cool. Um,
0: fun. Fun. I, I love those. Yeah, d- I, I love doing those.
1: Well, I've got this, Uh, I'll, I've got this plan. I've got this wish. Should I say mm-hmm. what I would like to do? Um, And I tell everyone, that I talk with because it's my, I think I believe that if I say it enough, it will come true. I will manifest it. The universe will give it me, but um, I need to get the money first because what I would like to do was rent a, like a 14th or 15th century manor house in the middle of nowhere. So it's it immediately, you know, you've got that kind of horror film, you know, it's a, it's a haunted house in the middle of nowhere and you've yeah. got a bunch of people who make podcasts and do YouTube videos that are going to be staying in it, and everyone's going to be doing their own thing, and at the end of it, you're all going to come together and do this documentary where... what did multi-view, what yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? All right? You, us three, could go into a house, mm. and we could be told nothing about the house, right? Nothing mm. at all. It's a 500-year-old manor house, and it's had people living in it, dying in it, whatever sort all manner of stuff uh yeah. and each one of us can go into that house and it all share the same space and yeah. we could all have an experience um but each of our experiences would be unique to us exactly. um, but there is a possibility that not one of us would experience the same thing and you might go in there alex might go in there and go yeah, it was a bit boring actually. I got nothing. You might like go was, in there and go. That, it was that's mental. usually the case with yeah. me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you, Steve, you might go in there and go. Oh, it's mental. Everything—the plates and swords and knights and everything. Calaveria is chasing me. Uh, so, what makes that? What? What's the? What's the? Um, what's the catalyst that when someone goes okay. into a place and experiences something, which is allegedly known to have paranormal activity uh what what's the catalyst what what is the person like i like i say a lot is it the person that is the trigger and if it is the person that's the trigger has it got to do with how the person perceives Mm. what their environment and what's going on around them and and if and if they do is are they a, a form of accelerant to what's going on yeah yeah
0: yeah well that's that that's a great question and and i mean you you you, i i look at some famous people um i don't want to say famous people but i look at uh how a lot you know i've observed over the years how different uh people from different walks of life and how they sort of you know approach say an investigation Mm -hmm. or Go into a uh, an allegedly haunted location, and it's 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 really interesting to see how, say, uh, a person's religious background uh, plays into how they approach or how yeah. things unfold or how things manifest manifest yeah. in that environment when they're there, and when they when they sort of explain it to you, they keep that sort of or that the, the religious aspect and, you know, their belief or whatever else. And we're to another person who goes in there and has absolutely no religious sort of upbringing or th- they don't believe in any certain religion or whatever. And how that person with a religious background is explaining their experience to the person without, and they're going, wow, uh, I, I just, I, I never got any of that. Yeah. Um. Uh, I uh, you know where one would say, perhaps, well, you know, I I I, I believe this. You know, the experience I had was uh, brought on by a demon, or you know something very nefarious because yeah. I I should be here, and where the other person is, well, no, there's the, 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 that's not the case. Why why it, it, what you're doing is not evil. I don't get it. Why why do you think it's uh, demonic i mean it's uh, or a person would simply go well that's easy to explain it's not demonic it's it's a it's a rusting pipe that's off its hinges and it's making this kind of weird noise you know all sorts of weird little aspects that uh you know i don't know play into a, a person's perception and how they sort of go in and how that environment is affected by the way they are like energy vampires
1: Oh oh yeah, the, the, the psychic vampire. The psychic yeah. vampire which will uh latch onto you and uh psychic you somehow. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, um yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um I, I kind of got a uh I I'm I'm not in the sense of I've been to haunted places. Well allegedly haunted places yeah. uh and I've had feelings um I don't know whether they're just me putting them in my own head. Um, But what I try to do is when I go to a place and someone says, oh, there's stuff that's gone on here, the first thing I'll say is, "Uh, don't tell me nothing. Don't tell me anything about what's gone on here or whatever uh, because I don't want to know. It's not that I don't care, it's just that I don't want to know because then that's going to play into how I'm going to perceive where I am and what's going on. Um, I also try to leave all of my expectations at the door. So when I go into the building uh I've got no expectation I don't care I've no belief about anything I just go in uh, a blank piece of paper and I'm also I don't I have some friends that go ghost hunting and they got they got hundreds of pounds worth of equipment and it's like it's like you know it's all you know it it flashes more than my keyboard you know and it's uh, what what does it do well, that will tell you if there's a spirit nearby, okay. And, well, <laughs> that's what it does. How much was it? It Cost me fifty pounds, right? Okay. So, I, I well, surely you're going to feel that if you, you that you're a, you know, your body is quite a good, uh, a barometer of, uh, of, yep. of things. So, um, maybe you should take a bit more notice of how you feel as a person. I mean, I've, I, I will say, uh, that there are tools out there that are that I could say could add to an investigation. But I think a lot of people, they do rely on the, the you know, the spirit box, the to, whatever like, to just do the whole investigation. Well, well, if it's not talking here, then obviously there's no ghosts. And uh, if you've got this radio that's scanning frequencies and there's broken no words coming through. And it's like, Yep, I can hear it. It's telling me that it wants me dead. And and it, you, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm a bit, I'm a bit old fashioned when it comes to stuff like that. Maybe I should yeah. be a bit more, maybe I should be a bit more open-minded and think, yeah, I should embrace the technology. Well, I do in a way. I do think that, I mean, CCTV, uh, yeah. um, heat, um, heat sensitive cameras, uh, all that kind of stuff. I think it's cool. Um, yeah you know thermometers and stuff to measure the you know the drop in temp i think all oh, that's great uh but i just think that sometimes where and i think that um see the thing is i think that uh the internet and youtube is great i think that yeah. uh ghost programs are fun to watch but i think yeah. that what's happened is that they've kind of taken over now and it's that's the bar that where if you're going to be into investigations you have to be like that uh, but, you know, and I'm I'm not gonna once again I'm not gonna mention names because it's not professional. But um, you know, let's just say that you know you have to wear a pair of skeleton gloves and a big <laughs> pair of glasses. You know, it, it it we we were talking
0: about this actually. I, I think it was the last show. Um, that yeah, uh, TV T V is 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 virtually taken away the grassroots. It, it's massively uh, yeah. Uh, of of investigating uh, the paranormal ghost hunting. Uh, away, i mean uh, i can't think of it. very few people if any anymore that use the grassroots sort of approach the traditional approach i mean you see uh reeves you see alex's uh red lights up there yeah. on the ceiling yeah they turn colors when a ghost uh, po- uh, pops into his room
1: <laughs> i thought so well, he's had many hauntings this evening <laughs> oh, look, he's very popular
0: oh there's one there <laughs> uh yeah it's it's uh it's unfortunate but um yeah i mean there there are still a lot of good people out there that that really um do a a great job and, and in my in my mind uh forward or advance um the field even though maybe small but they do a good job uh where obviously a, a majority out there now is just it, it's just a redundant uh trash and i and need yeah. it but That's just the way it is. I
1: think. Well, yeah. I mean, whenever I see a a disclaimer on the front of a video saying for entertainment purposes only, I know that pretty much everything I'm going to be watching is staged and made up. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I think there are some people out. I've talked to uh, a couple, I mean, Staffordshire paranormal. I had them on. Uh, They're a couple and they go on investigations and they're, you know, they're a kind of very small outfit, but they go to some really interesting places and they do get some interesting evidence. And you think, oh, I don't know if I could do that. That's a bit scary. Um, and also, uh, who was it? Oh, Luke, uh, Shadow Paranormal. They do the same thing. But what I like about what they do is that they go to places that you would never think to go to, like completely ruined places or places mm. that have, you know, it's just a field, but you know, they'll yeah. do an investigation there and sometimes they'll capture stuff which can't really be explained. So I find it fascinating. There are people out there that are trying to learn more about what the phenomena is and and, and how you know, how it happens. But then you get the TV stuff and it, yeah. it kind of... Uh, look, I love the X-Files, all right? I love all that stuff. And kind of the X-Files is a little bit to blame because that is the yeah. era when... The, the kind of the spooky TV started where everybody was watching the X Files, and then and then all the paranormal shows came on, uh, mm-hmm. and I love it. Unexplained, uh, unsolved mysteries, and all of those kind of programs. I love them all. They're great. Yeah, um, yeah. I really love. Uh, no, here's the disconnect. All right, if you look at the shows like In Search of, back mm-hmm. in the day, like In Search of. Um, Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, uh, all those kind of shows, like pre, what pre-internet, you know, that yep. when it was TV was TV, there exactly. was something about them that seemed educational. That you could watch them and think, yeah, I learned something there. But when well, you had to pay attention, you had yeah, to pay attention. But they you were can... put together better.
0: You, could, you had no internet to look at. Oh, yeah, you know, and and sort of further where this you had to listen and pay attention to learn.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, we've our as a as a whole as society our uh, our attention span has has diminished yeah. over the over the decades. And now, if we're not wooed or wowed in the first five minutes, it's like no, it's trash. I'm not watching it. You you expect me to watch that? It's fifteen minutes long, mate. You know, it's...
0: <laughs> you know, you know, you uh, know. I know. Well, you're a musician as well, right? Obviously, I try. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I I, I gotta. I, we we have to have him back on the show, and and I'll you know definitely let you know because I'd love to have you on as well uh, when we have him on. Because I, the reason why I'm saying that is because, uh, the 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 work he does. Um, He's a musician, and he uses some of the most, I don't know, uh, to explain it, um, the most oddest things that you'd never expect
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, to collect EVP. But he also uses what he records as a part of his music. Ah, that's okay. Okay. His name is Michael Esposito. He's actually he's actually a a descendant of uh, uh, Marconi. Um, Uh, The what is it the? I invented the uh, uh, Morse code. Not Morse code. code. I don't think it was Morse code. It was that's something to do with radio. But I don't think it was Morse code. I don't know. But he, uh, he we've had him on several times. Super nice guy. And this guy goes, uh, he goes beyond, like, I mean, he was using, well, he was using uh, a, a record player. Yeah. He was using a record player in a certain way, and it was incredible what he, what, how, I, I don't know how he did it, I'm telling you, but this guy, what he does is phenomenal. And I I think you'd really, you'd really be intrigued by his his really work. weird that you tell yeah. that story because. Yeah.
1: Uh, I have a story to tell. Um, This is maybe five, six, maybe ten years ago. I can't remember. Somebody, uh, a chap, contacted Gareth, and Mm -hmm. he said, can I use some of your audio from a Paratalk on an album? Uh, And Gareth's like, yeah, if you want, fine. He said, I'll send you the uh, the track um, when I've done it. Yeah and he created an album right of it it was basically experimental music electronic yeah. experimental music and it was it was all instrumental no li- well there was there was talking on it but it was all vocalized and yeah. he did a track on um well he he did a a track that was inspired by the paranormal and EVP and Gareth and I were having a conversation about EVP and he yeah. took a segment of our conversation and put it as the intro to the track.
0: Oh <laughs> was, wow!
1: Yeah, that's, I, I, that's cool. I, I'm trying to think where it is. I've got I've got it somewhere because I remember Gareth yeah. sent me. Uh, as Gareth does, he says, "Check this shit out," you know. And he <laughs> sent it to me. Uh, and I'm like, "Wow," because I didn't know. He just he just sent it to me. Um, but yeah, you saying that as just. That just really brought that memory back. I haven't thought about that yeah. for a long time. It's weird, that, isn't it? When you yeah. you don't think of something for so long and then it just pops back in your a head. It's like, oh, my God. It's just like, you know, you've got so much up there. that I don't know. It's just really weird. But, yeah, experimental stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, that's why wow. I, I – maybe that's why I find um, uh, yeah, EVP. And, I mean, I got into ITC as well for a while. Oh, ITC, yeah. yeah. I. i Incredible. I meant right. So back in, back in the day, my mate had a. Um, it was a VHS video camera, but it was a full size tape one, so it was massive. And yeah. uh, I I tried it with a just pointing it, at you know at the screen to get that infinite thing, and then yeah. record on the tape. Yeah, and then I had a F- Ferguson Video Star video player, which was had uh, digital, frame by frame and so I could frame by frame it and it would digitally freeze the image so that there there were no scan lines or there was no ribbon at the bottom so it was just a, you know, well I wouldn't say it was a perfect picture, but it was a picture (laughs) Uh, so I I did that and I did a whole tape, well nearly a whole tape I just left it recording the screen and it was just pulsating, you know, in and out and um, I don't know what I got, I just got shapes and stuff and i didn't really understand what i was seeing because i had no way of um getting it off the tv screen apart from you know i didn't There was no i did not have a video capture and anything like that i just was looking and yeah. i had it was like shapes but I, it wasn't like features it was just like strange kind of shapes and i just thought well it's just you know just maybe it's like something to do with the the way that it digitally freezes because it it kinda of scans it samples the image and then shows yeah. it as a digital image. It was quite clever at the time, quite quite um quite advanced, but now just pretty crap. But you know, but back then, on a on a what, on a four four, four p TV because uh, very all low res. But uh yeah, I just I tried it, but I was like do you know what? I was like, this ITC, this is a lot of work. I can't know if I could do this it's too expensive it is, it is yeah, yeah i it i tried the um i tried the uh the scribing as well with the water, yeah, tried that nah, i couldn't get on with that, just made me feel dizzy because uh, you gotta film it and Oh uh, fire um yeah, yeah, I tried that no nah, i didn't get on with that it, but e v p audio i i enjoyed doing that and 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 I did actually go back to it um i think I think I was talking to Gareth about it, it was years ago, and he said, oh you should do some more evp and i'm like yeah i just i don't know i just don't know i do you know when you do something for long enough and you just sort of think oh, i've done it enough now i don't want to do it anymore you know, you know? i'm
0: I, I yeah I, I i hear you reeves but the thing is i always uh it's funny i was kind of getting that way with evp and then you know i'm, I'm reviewing some old footage from uh uh, a video walkthrough of, uh, of um, an old farmhouse that we were doing some uh, work, work at the uh, very first time going in there because right? I wanted to uh, put a little documentary together for the 10th anniversary sort of thing. And um, I'm watching watching this and, and all of a sudden I'm like, what the hell? What? what? Hey, this is incredible. How did I miss this? And it, it, probably one of the most stunning things. Oh, you know what? I I think I have it here. I'll play it for you. Hold on a sec here. See if I can find it. It's it it is just incredible. Uh, where are we? Okay. I, I don't know you might you, you should you might be able to hear but uh, I uh amp up the audio Okay here we go hold on So, so, you know, yeah. there, there's, there's talking downstairs in yeah. the background, but the camera guys upstairs on the main level on the bedroom level of this place. Exactly. I uh, explore it. It's not in French. Um, And he centers in on this picture, which is called cherry ripe. It's an old uh, named after an old uh, English song by the same name, cherry ripe. And, um, all of a sudden you hear what i mean what did what what did you hear reeves
1: i heard i heard a, a female uh singing
0: singing yeah. or like reciting a nursery rhyme or, or something, something like
1: that yes yeah, uh yeah. like a rhyme or something like that but definitely uh it, it it i'll tell you what it it didn't it 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 didn't sound like it needed it should have been there it sounded like i don't know it just had a it 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 had a feel to it yeah. Uh, I don't know it, it definitely clearly you could hear it was a voice and sure. a female voice yeah. um but yeah that, and and just completely no, didn't hear it at the time uh, when
0: when first reviewing the cuz that's just a walk around just documenting the 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 location as I normally would do is I'd have a guy walk through and doc just document uh before anything sort of uh before an investigation starts whatever but uh, yeah I didn't catch that the first time. And then, like I said, I'm sitting down and I'm watching this. I'm watching this again, 10 years later. And I'm going, Holy crap. How could you miss that?
1: Well, yeah, it's easily done with stuff like that. Oh, I know you get caught up in the moment and you don't hear stuff. Um, I say, I mean, I've, I've recorded EVP and listened to a cassette and, and thought, I don't hear nothing. And then you come back to it and you think, well, where did that come from? And you, d- you didn't hear it the first time around. Um, uh, but yeah, I, that's definitely, um, that's a really good quality recording as well to capture yeah. something like that.
0: And that's on a, that's on a, oh, that was captured on a high eight, uh, Sony high eight.
1: So good quality. Yeah. So yeah, good quality. It's actually, um, interesting that, I mean, I say I've done EVP and, and I've caught EVP on low grade stuff, you know, what I call consumer electronics. And I've mm-hmm. also got EVP on higher grade electronics yeah. like Nakamichi and stuff. Um yeah. But I've had more success with uh, I've had more success with crappy stuff than doing high quality stuff. And Me I think too. that, as I said before, I think the higher quality stuff does filter out where where the possibility of you could have some voices it filters it out. It's because it's got better components, so there's better filtering so i don't know i i have it's kind of a a, like a 60 40 really so you can get yourself a curry's tape deck well you can't now but back in the day and uh you can you have more success with that than uh than you do with the the high-end stuff but i think it's you know it's horses for courses really isn't it
0: exactly (laughs) exactly it oh wow we we didn't even we didn't even get to talk about what we were going to talk about uh, see, what, what, sorry what are we going to talk I, about are, are we just are, started we, is
1: this is just the intro in it
0: yeah that that you know that's that's what i mean <laughs>
1: oh no no um we were going to talk about aliens weren't we
0: A- aliens and uh you know, close relationship and all that kind of stuff to uh you know possibly paranormal activity and is it is it all one thing is i um
1: tough? actually saying that i um i've started reading a book i've kind, i was talking to tom about this um we did an episode shrouded hand and i we we did a like a follow-up because yeah. originally it was gareth tom and i we did an episode we did and we did we actually did a live stream as well yeah we did a live stream uh okay. and that was like a year ago uh god it's been over actually, a year I now i do remember that i yes. do remember yeah time flies doesn't it it's been over a year yeah. that's bonkers i know uh, so we did this episode, and we got, because I was talking to Tom, and he was saying, um, yeah, I've got, I've read a book on abductions, and I'm like, oh, really? Because I, I, abduction kind of fascinates me, because mm-hmm. it's, I, it, it's something that, it, it's something that makes you uh, powerless. There's some, it could be something, because UFOs are all in the news right now, aren't they? Everybody's, you go yeah. on Twitter, everyone's arguing. I mean, it, I went on Twitter the other day and everyone's arguing about all oh, this footage is, it's not real, and this one's person, and you trust, don't trust Louis Lozanzo, don't trust him, and don't trust this person, and it's like you just, you guys are so busy arguing with one another, you could you, you know, you could have a UFO on your head and you wouldn't know about it. So yeah. I, I think about the f- phenomenon as itself, and, and where it comes from, and, and what it possibly is, and and of course, I'm. This is not my idea. This idea has been around for a lot. I mean, Jacques Vallee wrote about this, um, and if we look at sort of the abduction phenomenon, and we look at aliens, and uh, people say, "Well, clearly they're from another planet, and you know they are little green men or they're little grey men, and people get abducted and they get probed and stuff, and you know that that means that they're real." Well, not necessarily. Could this be a phenomenon that is something far more than? what we perceive it to be, uh, and it's manifesting in a way that we can perceive it. And unfortunately, that when we feel threatened, we normally see things or experience things that are of something that gives us great fear. And of course, aliens and little green men or whatever are in the um, the public consciousness because there's been lots of films made about them. So everybody, whether you believe in uh, the paranormal or aliens or whatever uh you're going to have that in your mind already because at some point in your life you've most probably you've most probably seen it or read something about it and uh, what what makes me think about this is that uh, I'm I'm reading a book um it's known as the A70 encounter and it was it happened in uh Scotland it was actually it was one of the most well documented cases of of UFO abduction uh and I've only got like, halfway through but it's it's really well um, it's really well put together, and it's about two guys, and they don't care for anything like UFOs, and they don't care about any of that. All they want to do is they 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 have a job, they go to work, they have a few beers at the weekend, watch the football. That's that's their life, you know. They got no interest yeah. in anything else, and they um they make a trip, and they go to a place about thirty minutes away. They're in Edinburgh. They go into this village to drop off some equipment. And one evening, they leave about 10 o'clock at night, and they're driving, and it's like a real winding road. It's up by uh, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they come around a corner near a reservoir, and they see this huge, what they describe it as, a three-tier ship on the road just hovering there. And, of course, they panic, and they think, shit, I don't know what that is, but we're not going to be, you know. So they drive because there's a gap underneath it. They drive under it. And as they drive under it, and this is where it gets weird, as they drive under it, they, everything goes black. For a split second, it's just like all the lights in the world went out, and it goes completely black. And they get this kind of, it's like they drive through what they described as a shimmering silver curtain. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they're, they're on the other side of the road, and they're fighting with the car. They're going incredibly fast. Uh, it's like something's smashing them up the arse, and they wrestle with the car. They don't look back. They just keep going. They get to where they're going. They get out of the car. They're banging on the door. And um, the people come down and they're like, where have you been? We're in bed. (laughs) And they look at their watch and they've lost two and a half hours of time. And they, they, they don't understand what's going on because they just, nothing happened to them. They just saw something. They panicked. They drove away. They make the, they drive back and they, they, they think nothing of it. They just don't want to talk about it. But a little while on, they st- well, one of the guys, they start to get plagued with weird dreams and stuff. And yeah. he thinks, I need to see someone about this because this, is, this isn't this is right. He feels that something happened. He doesn't know what. And he contacts a local, well, he contacts other UFO investigators along the way, but he doesn't get any response. So he contacts this one guy, Malcolm, who wrote the book, and uh, he he says, come, you know, I'm interested, come and see me, tell me your story. And they meet up, and uh, they tell the story, and of course this chap's like, well, this is pretty pretty amazing, you saw this craft and that. And the, and the guy says, well, yeah, but I think something else happened, and I don't know what, but I have a feeling something else happened, and how would I find that out? And of course, then he starts to talk about hypnosis and regression. And to start with, he's like, no, I'm not too sure about that um you know but after a while cuz he starts to feel he needs to to de- dig deeper and find out what's going on they both the men get together and they decide to have they he puts them in touch with a um hypnotic regressionist a, a lady that's yeah. done stuff like this before yeah. and uh they have a number of sessions together and the story that they tell is just so bizarre so they're driving Okay, they're driving to their destination and they see this craft, right? And from the point that the driver, his mate, says, look, I'm going to floor it and get under this craft and get away from it because I don't know what it is. They go under the craft and they everything goes black. They, you know, It's like going into a completely dark room. The next minute, they're in what they describe as a huge room, a huge silver, bright room, and they're both sat in the car and they're led out of the car by these, what they describe as short, grey beings, Uh, and there's other beings there as well, and they're really tall, and they seem to be the ones, you know, instructing what's to, because there's nothing being said, it's all feelings and in the head, and they get taken away and they get each put onto these examinations, one's on a chair, and they're in these cubicles, right? And when they recall on their when they do in these sessions they recall that um that they're not the only ones there there's hundreds of chairs hundreds of cubicles and hundreds of people in in this place which is obviously wow. the ship but what makes me think that obviously there's a lot more to it than that it goes on mm-hmm. and they start to tell more about the story but i'm going to yeah. spoil it and i don't want to spoil it, go buy the book <laughs> yeah. but no, no but what i'm saying is that when we hear a story like that we immediately think oh well there's you know, there's something going on and it it's real alien or that you know, the aliens are material, they're skin and bone or whatever. But I'm sometimes thinking that if you look back right in history and um I've actually got a got the guy coming on uh, to Paratalk, his name's Jason, he runs um the Think Anonymous YouTube channel. I'm gonna talk to him about this because he's done some really good documentaries on this. Uh if you look at UFOs through the ages and i'm not going on about like 1947 i'm before that way before that all way yeah. back to the roman empire you know mm-hmm. where they saw weird stuff but when you look at stuff like that and you look at fairy lore the fairies will come and take you away and they'll take you to their place um and then you've got other other folklore tales of things coming down well there's one i think it's um uh, correct me if I'm wrong so I'm getting notes in front of me so I'm doing this from memory there's one uh, case uh, from Ireland I think it's Ireland and it was way back in the day when you know when people lived in tribes and mm-hmm. they had a case where they uh, villagers witnessed these ships in the sky yeah. and the, the occupants of these ships not I'm not on about spaceships I'm on about ships you know, boats in the sky, and the occupants would threw the anchors down and anchored on their village, and they came down from the from the boats to visit them, and they didn't float down; they swam down, and they swam back. That's just completely nuts. And if you think about it, now I'm must be going the really long way about this to to, to come to an, my conclusion or what <laughs> I might the I, the kind of the mindset i subscribe to is that through the years yeah. the the ufo phenomenon has catered for us for the way that we believe and the way that our social structure perceives the ufo phenomenon so mm. for example as the years go by and we have different things like for example in the 50s we had the you know, It was like Flash Gordon and the Robots and when people would say, yeah, I if you look in some of the early um, unexplained magazines of people that have had uh, experiences, look at some of those cases of uh, people that they've seen. Oh, he looked like a tin man. He looked like a dustbin. It was a big lizard yeah. man. You, you don't hear of that anymore. It's all like no. it, was, it was just a little grey. It was a little grey. Yeah. Yeah. There's none of that kind of diversity anymore. So where yeah. have they all gone? So and also another thing is when people do have these uh, encounters, because they are having some summer, summer is happening to them. Um, yeah. They're like, all right, you okay, let me just say this, right? My name is Robert and I'm an alien from a, a, an advanced planet and I've got a UFO, right? And my mission is to come to Earth and uh, study the, the, the human species, right? Because that's my mission. Yep. So I'm going to fly to Earth and the first thing I'm going to do is land my spaceship in the middle of a main road and wait for someone to come around the corner. Why would I do that? I'm I'm exactly. advanced. I don't need to do that. I can hide myself and and find someone. It's just weird. And yet, some yeah. people have had these experiences. They'll have, oh yeah, I come around the corner as an alien, and then I had this procedure, and then then they were gone. They just mm. they disappeared. They were just they vanished. And when we talk about the paranormal and and aliens, uh, when we go back, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going right off. I'm going to take on a sharp left now. You look at, you look at Skinwalker. Look at Skinwalker Ranch, right, and the stuff that went on oh, there. Not,
0: now you got Alex's attention. Yeah,
1: and you look at, you look at Skinwalker, right, and you look at the stuff yeah. that all the all the yeah. cracker stuff that went on there, right. Yeah. Um, and you had the you had the Bigfoot man that come out from a that was witness coming out of this portal of light or whatever it was and having a little stroll across the field and they went looking they couldn't find it but they've yeah. seen it and yet is that is that to say that 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 bigfoot is kind of maybe a little bit paranormal or or ufo-ish you know i mean i love i love um uh i love the stories of bigfoots and and you know the wild man stories and that and I I I love small town monsters YouTube channel I watch all their documentary I think they're excellent and the one thing I do notice that, that is very similar to the UFO phenomenon and it's very similar to some paranormal phenomenon is that when people have these encounters with these Bigfoots or wild men or whatever you want to call them they seem to appear and then yeah. before you know it, they're gone. And these are these are big blokes. And all right, I understand that you can be in the middle of a forest, and there's you can look your night vision, and you can be surrounded by creatures. And those creatures have learnt to be very quiet because they don't want to get eaten. So yeah. yeah, But when you're seven foot tall, and you're 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 a big bloke, and it's going to be a bit hard to uh, to be a bit quiet. You know, it's clumping around the woods.
0: Exactly. So, yeah,
1: I, I think that there's a, that looking at the UFO phenomenon, the abduction phenomenon, is there something going on more in people's minds to, uh, you know, to, to convey what they believe in? I mean, put it this way. If you've never experienced something and then you experience it, how do you, how do how do you cognitively experience it? and you're going to pull from your own memories you know you're going to pull from what you know and for example when the you know when the explorers went out across the oceans they would meet people who lived in isolation for you know for generations and they said come how did you get here come and look and they here we come in these ships and they're like we don't see no ships what's a ship you know we don't see no boats and it was only when they put them in the boats and took them out to their ships that they're like, oh, we can see them now. So, you know, it, I think we can be, the mind can be tricked. And I, I think that the UFO phenomenon is is much more involved than just, you know, nuts and bolts. Not to say that, don't get me wrong, I'm not to say that the <laughs> UFO phenomenon isn't spaceships or something. Uh, but I think that when we're, we shouldn't be looking so much out there than we should be looking in inward a little bit. Cause maybe, uh, maybe they've been here for a lot longer than we have. Uh, see, see, that's why, that's why we need to have you back on. <laughs> <laughs> why? Cause I talk a lot.
0: <laughs> no, no, because I want to dive more into this and uh, I wish we had more time, but I, I want to dive more into this. And and like I said, I would love to do more on EVPs and, yes, and other uh, stuff. As well. Yeah. I well. We would love to have you back on.
1: I'm I'm, I'm happy to come back. I'd, I'm I'm I, I can waffle to the sunsets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get your get get your information out there so people can find uh, Paratalk and, and you know, hey, watch it on YouTube now. You gotta You Yeah, YouTube. you
1: can. Um, well, I've still it's very new on YouTube, and I'm sort of farming out uh, the episodes uh, a little bit differently on YouTube. So I'm trying to see how YouTube works with... uh, It's completely different to doing a podcast, I've found out. Um, So I don't really have a direct link, but you can actually get to it from... uh, Everything to do with Paratalk, you just go to paratalkpodcast.com and everything you need on there is a link to where you need to be. So uh, if you just want the podcast or to sign up to a podcast and listen to it or download it or go to Apple or anything like that just go to paratalkpodcast dot com and then you can find a link there to where you need to be um and as for youtube and that um yeah i'm 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 having fun doing it um I'm kind of trying to job. i'm trying to catch up with myself at the moment because i'm I've slipped behind for, by a couple of weeks because i had a a set of shows done and then i had to work extra so it kind of messed me up because like know you, you know you you do a this and it's Yes. You, you plan stuff, and sometimes things don't always don't go the way you planned. But it oh, is yeah. it is a bit um it's a lot of a learning curve because you know it before it was like Gareth would message me and say, "Do you want to do a talk? I'm like, "Yeah, all right, let's do it." <laughs> but now it's a little bit more. I, I feel a little bit of a responsibility to put stuff out there at, in in a, in a in a in a timely manner because um I've had quite some quite nice emails from people who are, are really enjoying the episode, so. Yeah, I've, that kind of motivates me a little bit to sort of you know be very professional but um you're doing,
0: you're doing a great job man i i'm i'm enjoying it you're doing an amazing job like i said uh now, now with the guests uh bringing a, a different dimension to it yeah um, hey i'm enjoying it man
1: good good
0: i'm enjoying it and we we i'll get in touch with you yes. I, I we would love to have you back on
1: Yes, I'll I I will uh I will um yes, I'll be back. Don't worry about that. Awesome. <laughs> awesome.
0: Take care, Reeves. All right. All right, good, Take good care, care Reeves. Have See you later. Night. Take Bye, care everyone. everyone. Have, have a good evening.
1: Bye.